You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Time for a little segment we like to call Winners and Losers. Keeping you on your toes. Sometimes it's game balls. Sometimes it's winners and losers. You'll just have to listen to see. Uh, who, wants to go, who wants to go first? I know everyone's on the edge of their seats. Nick, I feel bad. You should go first this time. I went first on too many things tonight. <laughs> can I make Can I make Steve Spagnolo both a winner and a loser? Sure. Yeah. Can I kill two birds with one stone here because you know there's part of me that says the Bills scored 24 points. That's a win for the Chiefs' defense. They made a lot of critical stops in big junctures, and a lot of the plays where the Bills scored or put themselves into position to score weren't because of necessarily bad defense, but because they're the Bills. They have Josh Allen, who is six foot five, two hundred forty pounds, and is hurdling defenders, and not just hurdling them. And like you know, where the guys do the hurdle and then they tumble on the other side because all their momentum's gone. He kept running. That guy's a freak of nature, so I don't blame Spags for that. I, I, I thought the Chiefs did a great job of getting pressure and making him look uncomfortable. I don't blame Spags for that. Like That was all good defense, dialing up these exotic blitz, blitzes that he's so good at. But how many times do you need to put a rookie cornerback on an island? I mean, it was freaking Devontae Adams last week. It was Mike Williams in week two, and now Stephon Diggs. Maybe try something else, anything else, quite frankly, because that's not working. And again, so it's like, well, what are we complaining about? The difference between the Chiefs holding the Bills to 24 points versus 14? Like, that seems a little bit ridiculous, but I don't know, like, what the, what is the argument for why you're putting these guys with such limited NFL experience who were drafted in what the fourth and seventh rounds, respectfully? Uh, against Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. I don't get it. The the one at the end, the the blitz at the end of the half killed me. They were already in field goal range, and the whole goal there is just don't let them score a touchdown. They're already in field goal range. They got plenty of time. Too late. You didn't stop on third and 13. To blitz at that moment, the only thing you're doing is don't let them score a big, long touchdown. And poor Joshua Williams uh, down the field there. My my uh, my winner is Chris Jones because oh, he got away. Okay, well, we, yeah. can, it's, we can have the same. He got away with a penalty today. Mine's not going to be about his play. Good for him. You know what? He's been called exactly. for a million penalties he didn't get. He absolutely tripped Josh Allen, which for sure is a penalty, and didn't get called for it, so his sack numbers are even for the year. He got one rob from him on the roughing the passer. He got this one back on the tripping that he didn't deserve. A good win for Chris Jones, <laughs> who continues to be one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the NFL. My losers, Clyde. I... I can't figure out, is, is he really this slow? And it's just like, Nick, you'd mentioned it earlier. He cannot get to the edge. There's moments when Clyde looks like he can get there, but he's got to have enough space that the edge has already won. 
Not that he has to beat someone to it. Because if he has to beat someone to it, he's not winning that race almost ever. And I just don't like that sometimes the Chiefs really look like they can run the ball and can go at it that way. And other times it looks like every single run is two yards directly into the face of the defense. So my loser today is Clyde. Uh, He's been a winner probably a couple of other times this year, but bad game from him. Chris Jones, my winner today. What do you think that, what do you chalk this up to? Because with this run game, nothing seems to be consistent from week to week. Like two weeks ago, Jarek McKinnon, I think had two snaps. Last week was obviously huge, sort of breaking things open for the Chiefs offense. And then again today, two carries, one yard. Pacheco's been hardly involved the last couple of weeks. Do you think the game plan just gets away from them sometimes? Do you think that they go into these games with an idea that like, okay, well, let's get this guy some touches or that guy some touches? Because everything you just mentioned about having the burst to get to the outside and making guys miss, like that's what Jarek McKinnon does. That is him to a T. I just don't understand like from week to week, what the strategy is with how you're using these running backs. Based on the numbers, there is none. It's just whoever they feel like. And look, it could just be that in in practice leading up to it or in the game plan, they think one running back's better than the other. But that's two weeks in a row now. They wouldn't move off of Clyde even when he wasn't working well. And that Jarek McKinnon game, they kept going back to Clyde. And every time Jarek touched it, it went great. Every time Clyde touched it, it didn't. You know, they don't seem to have a good rhyme or reason. Kayla, we know your winner is Chris Jones. Yes. For the same reason? Because he actually got away with a penalty or because he just played great? Because Yes, both are because he finally got a, away with a penalty instead of being, you know, getting these awful calls against him. Um, and naive Kayla over here. I I didn't think that looked intentional. It looked like it just was like momentum going into him. It didn't look like an intentional trip. Plus, it gave us an all-time gift. Did you see that one of like... Of Josh Allen, Josh a little baby flipping kid. out. Yes, That's funny. Yes, I'm I saw honest. you retweet it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't know that you couldn't trip in the NFL. I saw that tweet too. Nick, you, you it's it's uh, against the rules. There, uh, it's a penalty called tripping. Turns out, for any, <laughs> not a fan. Wait, so for any, any player, player, it looked player. like an accident. It didn't look intentional. You can't just like sweep the leg of an offensive lineman and then go after him too. Hmm. I think it shouldn't be. I, I don't think it should be a penalty. I would like to you eliminate. Can push, you can push people. You can tackle people. You can't trip them. We spend. I know it's weird. We spend way too much time talking about all the other things we want the competition committee to handle. And top of their priority list should be eliminating any penalty in which somebody just spoke to another person. <laughs> Those should go away. If they're like in their face, knock helmets, hit them late, we can all have conversations. But if they just say words to another person, I think we can safely eliminate that penalty from the books. With you there. Didn't Um, all he do, wasn't he just signaling a first down? Yeah. And then later, Diggs did the exact same thing, but like really in the guy's face. They don't call it. That's why you should just eliminate all of them. I don't think Diggs should be a penalty either. He should be allowed to make that catch and be like, fuck you. I caught it. Your problem. But it's just like, it doesn't matter. They just don't, they just call it when they feel like it. And I think that that's the worst part of that penalty. It's just when they feel like it. It's lame. It really is. Um, My loser is, well, we've already touched on, you know, the major things. So my loser is myself. I am no longer, we are no longer five and one through the first six weeks. Uh, And I'm actually very salty about it. I'm a sore loser and I really thought today, Kayla, I know, I know. Why am I doing that? You blamed an interception on yourself. (laughs) 
Didn't I've had a lot of sleep long. lately. I, I'm in an emotional state. Um, I need rest. Yeah, I just I'm taking this loss on me. You you were at a wedding last night. Do you have some like introspective moment where you're like, oh man, I should have never said five and one before it started. If I said four and two, it goes the other way. No, I think I just had too many vodka sodas. <laughs> and we've all, all been, been there. there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Feeling it today, but yes. Well, uh, what, do you do you guys remember what you said at the beginning of the season? What would be through the first six weeks? I think I said four and two, and I would have felt very good about it. So, I mean, from a bigger picture perspective, you should probably feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I don't remember. How, how what nice I pre- for you. I don't remember what I predicted, but I I do. I know. I think when you said four and two, I would be like, I was like, I would take that all day. If you told me they'd be four and two, I would take it all day. Now, I don't know how many different times I would have had to guess before I would have correctly predicted that the two losses would come to the Colts and the bills. You'd have gotten the bills. You'd have just gotten yeah. through every other possible combination. Before yeah. Colts. Yeah, exactly. Is, is unfortunately what would have happened. And look, the schedule does get, I mean, we don't want to schedule hunt too much, but the 49ers are the most banged up team in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Like their whole team is in shambles. Then you get bye week Andy against a Titans team. Who's meh. Then like the that. Jags. So it's like before you have to face the Chargers on the road, there's three games to figure yourself out even a little bit more because this whole season for them is going to be this whole season for the Chiefs is going to be figuring themselves out. Nick, you like going back to the very beginning of this episode, it's a very key theme of all of this, I think, is the Bills know who they are. They know what they do. They know what they do well. They know how to do it um, because they've been doing that for three years. The Chiefs have a lot of different players on defense and we're missing more. The Chiefs have a lot of different players on offense. They're six weeks into the season. They're not in an identity crisis. It's not that. But they, they don't know who they are yet or what they're going to do great by the end of the year. And the Bills do. And you hung with that team. Like you played with that team toe for toe and they know what they're doing and you don't. And so, I mean, there is a benefit to that. Like when we look at the schedule, like if this is a light time to get it, great. Because all you want to do is know who you are by the time the important game starts showing up. I think the only thing that that really irks me is just that it was a home game. Yeah. And that should have worked in our favor. I thought for a second it was going to. And they they had that one one incompletion. The crowd started to like really get into it. I'm like, huh? they were trying to decide if it was going to be a fumble or not. I'm like, Oh my God, if they call this an incomplete pass instead of a fumble in the first quarter, we're going to be going through this all over again. You know what? Maybe it's good though. Maybe it's good. The, the bills are the one team who have shown that they can come into arrowhead and handle it. Right. I know they didn't do it in the playoffs, but let's be honest. When a team comes to you, I don't care if it's regular season or not. When a team comes to your building, beats you twice in a row in one of the best home field environments in football, like that tells me something. So, Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that the Chiefs don't end up getting the one seed. This is more of the coping mechanisms. Kayla was doing it earlier. Now I'm doing it now. Like, I don't even want <laughs> one seed. I want to go on the road in the playoff. <laughs> because he's never played a road playoff game. You're like, I kind of just want to <laughs> see it, you know, for fun. Test us. Yeah. Try it. Try me. Yeah, Try exactly. me. I don't I'm think I here. want Mahomes going to Buffalo in, in January. I'm not going to lie. I would prefer the one seed still, please. Yeah. Don't love that. Well, Cody, to your point, hopefully we won't have too many of these podcasts in the near future where we are, where we are sad fans and taking the blame. Um, do we feel good about everything? Do we feel a little better? 
Did this help? It was always a therapy session. Yes, it is. It's good to talk about it right after. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this Monday. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwert. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back with you guys on Wednesday.